Greetings, Trinitarians. This podcast is possible partly because of Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary in Evansville, Indiana. If you're interested in beginning your theological academic journey at Trinity, contact us at trinitysem, that's trinitysem.edu today. Greetings and welcome to Trinity Radio. My name is Jonathan Pritchett and back with me is Braxton Hunter. World traveler. Well, I have lived in Turkey for the past month. That's right. And today we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Stay with us. I guess we ought to have some kind of a Bible out. Yeah. So it's not heresy. It's come on. No, it's Harris' son. Wow! They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, now, this is... I... I, I was... not impressed. <laughs> I, I've never heard of this gentleman before, but... And there is no evidence at all, except in the imagination of Dr. Braxton and like-minded thinkers, that there is such a thing as an objective morality. All right, well, that was a very passionate speech by Professor Alvarez. However, let me point out a couple of things that I have not argued tonight that Professor Alvarez seems to think that I have argued. Everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. On behalf of humanity, God became man to die for the sin of the world. Then, because of that sacrifice, you can rise from the dead just like he rose from the dead. And we're back, and I am glad to be back from Turkey. And just so you know, this is not going to be an episode that is just me talking about how awesome my trip was. It's not a travelogue. It was pretty awesome, though. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a little travelogue uh, too. Yeah. I haven't, you know, I haven't made one of those topical videos in 2018 at all. And so uh, they they have you know people. Yeah, you've been busy. Yeah, so you know what? Uh, it, it takes what three four times as much work to do a three minute video than it does to do this. Yeah, so, yeah, that's people, right. See, again, I have to remind people, we don't have people who do this stuff for us. We have have people that do some stuff for us, but it has to be related to the function of the school in general. Uh, But, um, okay, so I did just go... (laughs) Well, you don't have anybody. uh, But you come in my office and tell me what I'm supposed to do for the academic department. So um, so anyway, uh, I did just get back from Turkey. For those that haven't seen previous episodes, I was over there shooting a documentary um, hosting a documentary with uh, a, a, a new friend. I didn't know him before, but a new friend, Stephen Franks, British guy um, who uh, we just had a blast. We, we worked together through the whole thing, and when we got done with the shooting, we were supposed to fly from a town called Izmir back to Istanbul, where we would then get on an international flight uh, a couple days later back to the States. He would go to Canada. He's Canadian. I would go to the States. But I, he and I decided to rent a car in southwestern Turkey, and drive across the entire country. Now, I'll just say this real quick, uh, but I, we, we, it had a, connect, a connector for an iPhone. He had an iPhone. So I thought, we're stuck with his music this whole time. But he had, he's 67 years old, but he had every band that I listened to. <laughs> every, I couldn't think of an artist that I liked that he didn't have their whole catalog, and not because it's a streaming service. Like, he's created his own playlists for all these groups. Right. So we're going across the country just uh, singing and uh, and at the top of our lungs.
it was a real blast. So um, uh, Stephen was a good friend, and so you may hear me reference Stephen as we talk through this. Yeah. But what we're going to do today, it's not just going to be a travelogue, but it's also going to be a discussion a little bit of the seven churches. Yes, but first we do need to thank all of the people uh, that are kind of in our sphere of friendship who helped you Yeah. Uh, while you were doing your documentary. Including yourself. Yes, especially me, <laughs> because I did a lot of work. <laughs> well, yeah, what he's talking about is, uh, so the, the production crew, the Turkish production crew, that was filming all of this and wrote a narration and wrote lines for us at all these places, it became a situation. Now, they, they did a good job trying to put this whole thing together, and I could never do a lot of what they did. But yeah, my, you don't own drones. Uh, right, yeah, right. I'd like to own drones. Yeah. And maybe if you become a patron out there, just click up in the right-hand right. corner here. Buy some and, uh, or if you're listening on audio. Get some uh, aerial shots of the Fifth Third building. Yeah, Patreon.com slash Trinity Radio. We'll get the drone fleet ready. But um, right. so, but... What he's talking about is the, this production crew had written things, but I, let's just say it this way, I wasn't 100% satisfied with what it was. And these guys are not scholars, right? These, this is a production team. Yeah. And so uh, I began rewriting the lines for myself originally and for Stephen, and then Stephen started rewriting his own lines. Well, we were rewriting everything, so somewhere about halfway through this production, we hadn't done the narration yet, which is the majority of each episode of this documentary. Um, just on the lines. So this guy comes to me, and the director, and says, you know what, we're happier with your narration, with your the way you write, than we are with what we've done. So would you write the narration? Do they actually credit anybody in the production crew with this script or I don't know what they're going to do and I don't they, I mean did did they tell you who actually was the person that Oh wrote, yeah, I know so, who it was. You know, you know yeah. <laughs> I know who it was. No, and like I say, if if you're not if this isn't the world you live in, they did a good job, but the thing about it is or they did all they could do. I'll just say it that way. But <laughs> but but the, but the thing about it is um, he came to me, I think it was a wise decision, I don't mean that arrogantly, and asked me if I would write the thing. The only thing is, that would mean about 16,000 words in a week and a half. Yeah. And not just 16,000, I can write 16,000 words, I'm not trying to be braggy, but this would be a lot of research and yeah. academic writing. And so I rallied the Trinity Radio crew, as yeah. I would put it. And so I offered certain people the opportunity, if I did not offer you, it's not that I don't appreciate your scholarship, I just may not have thought of it as I was in a third world country trying to film a documentary, I just thought of who first comes to mind. And the people that came to mind, obviously Jonathan, I wrote a couple, I wrote one completely by myself and then I added another half to most because you guys that gave it to me didn't give me the word count I asked for. You did once, Nick did once, second Yang <laughs> did once. So um, we basically have uh, a group effort that, it, that makes up the narration that I actually say on screen. Yeah. So we had, um, let's see, so let's just walk through the churches. Okay, Ephesus, the second Yang, Smyrna's me, Pergamum is Jonathan, mm -hmm. Thyatira, Jonathan, and Austin Long. Uh, let's see, Sardis is Matt Chisholm, great job, Matt. Philadelphia was Keith Sherlin, incredible job, Keith Sherlin, we wouldn't expect any less. Laodicea was uh, Nick. Did I cover everything? And then I did Espindos for... In Perge for fun, because y'all wanted to get that stuff. Yeah, so we had a couple of sites because this was not actually just a documentary on the seven churches. Right. This was a documentary on historical sites in South 
South Turkey and Southwest Turkey. And so a couple of other cities are mixed in there. One of those is Ospendos, which you did a good, you gave me 300 words on Ospendos. Yes. <laughs> because there's nothing on Ospendos. Except for this awesome theater. That's oh, it's amazing. Yeah, right. The problem is you did a good job giving me the 300 words out of the 1,800 to 2,200 I needed. But, and you really did, because there's just not much to say. But then the things you did get give me, half of that I'd already said in my lines at the location. So it ended up being like 150 words. And so, but what I was able to do, and this is something that I was able to do because I was there on location. And maybe this speaks to the value of this documentary uh, and what it's going to show people, is when you're on location and you're seeing these things in vibrant color and from every angle, you see things you're able to talk about things that a Wikipedia article or journal articles or whatever aren't going to give you. You know, for example, in Sardis, Matt did a great job. He covered everything that you can find from researching Sardis. But what he wasn't there to see is, first of all, the, the you're just in awe of the temple of Artemis that's there. You can't put that into words. And then the second thing... So were her worshippers. Yeah, yeah, they were in awe. And then... Uh, they start riots over that kind of I thing. I will say there's actually still a church uh, building on the Temple of Artemis uh, yeah. complex that was built in the 4th century after the imperial worship cult ended and continued on through the 600s. But anyway, and you got to wonder, what are these guys that are on that, that pastored on the sites of like Sardis or yeah. Laodicea what do they do when they preach on the letter to Sardis? Or the letter? Anyway. Yeah, over there, you remember? <laughs> yeah. Here's what Jesus says to us. Yeah. Can we maybe try to improve our reputation? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but what Matt couldn't have known is they have this incredible gymnasium, Roman gymnasium yeah. there. So when I'm talking about it, and this is how I got your 300 words on Aspendos up to the proper amount, is because I was able to talk about the experience of climbing up the stairs of that theater and getting a buddy to stand in the middle on the stage. Yeah, I could and never write that because nobody invited there. me. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's called nobody invited. Well, me. it's not my fault. I didn't put this together. I'm just a hired <laughs> singer here. Yeah, you know, I didn't put this thing together. See, it doesn't really matter how good of buddies you are with Braxton, you still be the, you know. Well, you're getting writing credits. You still end up in a major documentary while you're out trotting the globe. But the point is that great, uh, a great effort by the Trinity Radio listeners and some Trinity students and stuff. And I'm really proud of that because honestly, you know, I told them if you do this, we'll give you writing credits and the Trinity logo is going to be in the thing and all that. and, And notice that you first went to Trinity radio people as opposed to the majority of our faculty <laughs> so, at Trinity. Well, I did include you know? faculty. They just didn't respond <laughs> besides you, <laughs> including Leighton Flowers. Right. Hello. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Thanks a lot, Leighton. You know, he had, like, I don't know, five Google Hangouts that day, I'm sure. Right. But, um, but the thing about it was I don't think they did it. Just because of the writing credits. Because they're good people. I think they did it because they love the kingdom and they love us. I think that was it. Yeah, they're good people. Yeah, it really meant a lot to me. So let's crack into this. Okay? No, before we crack into that, I want to I want to mention one of the guys that helped us out, Austin Long. Uh, Austin. Love Austin Long. We, he's a student here at Trinity. He's also a supporter of the show. Wonderful guy. He's a 20-year-old pastor, you know, full-time pastor out... Um, oh, Tabor City, somewhere? North Carolina. Yeah, somewhere out there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 
And he's got a blog called The Paleo Baptist. And um, Kendra, who is a, another patron of ours and wonderful lady. Uh, Love Kendra. Yeah, she sent us these T-shirts that she also made for Austin. Uh, my microphone's in the way. Uh, paleo Baptist. <laughs> now, what is a paleo? Oh, sorry, what is a paleo Baptist? Ah, it's a Baptist doing the paleo diet. The, oh, there you go. What is a paleo? Is that right? Diet? No. Oh, okay. No. Um, I am currently on a diet, but it's not the paleo diet. Mm. Um, what I actually liked the moniker so much that I. That's what you call yourself. Yeah, Austin gave me a label that I was like, that, I'll take it. Because it's not like paleo-orthodoxy, which, no, it wasn't, that's not an emergent thing. Emergent people just kind of hijacked it. It's basically the mere Christianity, right? What, of the Baptists. No, well, I mean, paleo-orthodoxy in general. Yeah. Thomas Oden, Alistair McGrath, mm-hmm. that whole project's kind of continuation, mere Christianity. Mm-hmm. What uh, has been believed always everywhere by everyone, yeah. right? That's in, right. Right? Well... Um, of course, Odin and, and guys like McGrath and others are also pedo baptists Well, people like Austin Long and myself, we are Credo-Baptists. So instead of going by Paleo-Orthodox, we distinguish ourselves as, yeah, but, um, you know, we, early mentions from Tertullian in 220 AD and uh, elsewhere is about as early as you could, you know, third century writings, about as early as you can find infant baptism. Now, granted, just because that's when you find it in the writings doesn't mean that there wasn't a tradition that preceded that, right? Yeah. But we're Baptists, so that means we're credo-Baptists, which means we affirm believers' baptism. So um, instead of just going all into paleo-orthodoxy, um, we're going to go even further what we believe, you know, we're Paleo-Baptists. So essentially we confirm, uh, we affirm uh, the consensus of the church, probably uh, the early, uh, uh, the first five centuries, the first four councils, mm-hmm. right? The first three creeds, mm-hmm. two testaments, one Bible. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I actually agree with that. Um, I, I know that a lot of people get nervous about the early church fathers for, you know, weird reasons, especially Baptists, which I always think is weird because right now the interim president of Southwestern is a patristic scholar. Hmm. Now, uh, Austin is one of those guys who's read the entire Philip Sheff editions of the anti-Nicene, Nicene, and post-Nicene fathers. You know that set in my my mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. that I never read? He's read the entire thing. Yeah, he's that's a I'm glad he's passionate about that. Yeah, because I have that's not, an angle that not but I've read bits and I'm yeah. but um yeah, I, I I think there's a wealth of uh you know good stuff there, the consensus of the early church and then just let everything else be, you know. It's interesting to debate and have fun, but it's it doesn't define historic orthodoxy. Well, it's interesting that and you And I think that's a good idea and that's why I was like yeah, I can go along with that. So it, it it's like, yeah, I mean, I can go to a Calvinist and say, most, not all, but most Calvinists I could go to and say, you believe everything I believe, I just don't believe everything you believe. I can go to an Armenian, you believe everything I believe, I just don't believe everything you believe. Mm-hmm. I can go to a Catholic, you believe everything I believe, I just don't believe everything you believe, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that whole thing. And I, but people think of ecumenical folks and ecumenical Christianity and ecumenism in general is a horrible thing. I don't think it's a horrible thing. I don't think it's a dirty word. Mm-hmm. 
You know, as a multi-denominational, vice president of academic affairs at a multi-denominational school, I get on with everybody. So there's Paleo Baptist, and we appreciate yeah. the t-shirts. That's really the main thing. You know, and, and, we, and we appreciate uh, Kendra, <laughs> yeah. uh, too. Is she the one that actually sent them to us? She designed them, I think, didn't she? Uh, yes, she designed them. She's an artist. Excellent artwork that she does. Yeah. Uh, she shows it to us on Marco Polo. Um, yeah, she sent the, and then she also, in addition to sending us the shirts, she sent me metal straws. Metal straws, like mm-hmm. they're using in California because yes. they don't want to throw away the plastic and right. kill the dolphins. Right. Really? Yeah. Did she send one for me? No. Dang it, Kendra. <laughs> All right, that's okay. I don't want to carry around. You don't make straw. the. We were we were talking about that when that was a thing, and so I was making yeah. a bunch of jokes. Yeah. So it's really just to. Tell me to be more. Well, hey, look, the, there's friendly. an equality in the world here because yeah. I got to go to Turkey and film a documentary, and, and I get a metal straws. straw from Kendra. <laughs> yeah, that everything balances. <laughs> no, so, that's not balanced at all. So anyway, if uh, that helps you sleep at night, it's interesting that you bring. Fine. It's interesting yeah. that you bring up um, th- this uh, church councils um, and all these kind of things because and baptism sort of indirectly, because we're talking here about the church at Ephesus real mm-hmm. quick. And, uh, you know, the church at Ephesus, let's just read the relevant data. It's the angel of the church in Ephesus, right? The one who holds the seven stars in his hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands, says this, I know your deeds and uh, your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles. And they are not, and you found them to be false, and you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary, but I have this against you. See, you know, I think maybe a lot of people think that if Jesus wrote a letter to the church, he'd just say something like, I know the plans that I have for you, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but, uh, but no, uh, there's, there's a mixture here. Uh, but I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has in your limb here. Okay, so... Interesting. Jesus, like a lot of people, will say something very kind. It's like he's like the consumer politician. You know, my friends on the other side of the party, blah, 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 wonderful men that they are, but... (laughs) And And perhaps the way Jesus approaches these things has had an effect on culture. Yeah. Which is that if you're going to criticize someone, yeah. sometimes, if you can, say something nice. Yeah. <laughs> Puff them up before you knock them down, right? right? Well, and in their case, what does he like about them? They don't tolerate evil men. Yeah. They, and they test people who claim to be apostles. Yeah. So they're interested in doctrine. This is an interesting yeah. Affirm thing. Affirm the good where you can. Right. But yeah. for people that listen to theology podcasts, this is maybe good because for us to hear. Because what he's saying... Uh, as best I can tell, is you love to make sure that the doctrine is sound. Mm. You love to make sure that everybody's saying the right things and they are the right things, and you you and you don't tolerate evil men, you know, um, and all of that. But you've left your first love, mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of like the heart isn't where it ought to be. Are you going to say they replaced relationship with religion? No, I, I hate that moniker. Right, I've good. said it. Good, I was, I was I've said it. Christianity is a religion. Yeah. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. it I was just going to say, is that what you're about to say? Have no. They, One they... of the first conversations you and I ever had was in my living room, and yeah. I said something about the relationship religion thing, and I groaned and, because I, I hate when people say that. Right. It is a religion. 
Yeah. If a religion is defined, okay, I could go off. If a religion is defined as that which binds you to reality, which is how mm-hmm. a lot of uh, major world religions textbooks define it, I think that's perfectly fine. The beliefs that bind you to reality, that, that, mm-hmm. that make sense of reality for you, it's more than a worldview, and it's a religious worldview, and Christianity is that. It just happens to be the right one. Yeah. You know, I think there's a fear that, like, well, you, it's Phariseeism. But I do think there's some, some of that going on in Ephesus. Yeah. So uh, you've left your first love. That would be a difficult thing to hear. But interestingly, at church at, at uh, Ephesus, of course, you have the big theater there where uh, uh, there was a big protest over Paul because he was preaching against the right. idols, uh, and that was hurting the economy there, yep. and all those kind of things. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Maybe John's burial place is there. Yeah. Maybe Luke's burial place is there. There's a lot of interesting stuff. But yeah, I mean, John was practically writing from Ephesus when he yeah. wrote his gospel. That's according to tradition, mm-hmm. which I affirm that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mary uh, is said to have lived there uh, in the last days of her life because yeah. John is, you know, Jesus tells John to take care of his mother, right? At Lester Ben Witherington. What does he say about that? That's Lazarus. That's Lazarus, because yeah. Lazarus is the disciple that Jesus loved. Right. Okay, but we're not going down that road. This is why Trinity Radio episodes are so long, because we often do go down these roads. But what I don't affirm, and I doubt you affirm, is, okay, so they're really proud. This is the, like the number one tourist site in, in the entire nation. Well, yeah, so, but it's got so much... Well, right. You're benefited with, who did you have if you're the church at Ephesus? You had... None less than Paul, yeah. John, yeah. Uh, Aquila and Priscilla, Apollos, Timothy, yeah. all of these people. And you got John's burial place, probably. And here's why they don't have Mary. Why don't you think they have Mary's burial place? I don't know. Because they don't want to miss out on those Catholic tourists who are paying that Catholic tourist money who believe that Mary ascended. Uh, I got you. So, but they have Mary's house. You gotta have a site for Mary. Yeah. You know why they have a site for Mary's house? Because some German nun in the 1800s had a, never been to Turkey had a vision of where Mary's house was. Ah, well, that's how that happened. So if you believe that, then yeah. they have Mary's house. But anyway, but int- I mean, that's kind of like the three different tomb sites for Jesus's burial in Israel. It's like, which one do you want? Could be right. none, yeah. you know. But it could be one of the three. It could be none of the three. Nobody knows. No, here's what you do. I've been multiple times. You've been. Here's what, here's what you do. You go to the garden tomb to get the feels, right? Yeah. Here, this feels like what it would look like. And then you go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre for what is more likely, probably, you know, even though I say exactly the opposite in a book that I wrote once called Blinding Lights. Change your mind. <laughs> Yeah, I changed my mind. Which means you're probably right. Yeah, right. Uh, So uh, no, I mean, I was like, why can't this just give us an image of a first century tomb and leave it at that? You don't have to say that this his body was in here. No, you have no idea. You don't, but it's nice to know that maybe. Now I'll get to that in just a second. There's something I want to say. The the, the reason I brought up this was we're talking about church councils. Mm -hmm. The Council of Ephesus, which was held in 431, was at Mm -hmm. the Church of Saint Mary in mm-hmm. Ephesus, and it still is there. Mm-hmm. Interesting things about this. So this church, talk about standing where someone stood, this church, the sanctuary, uh, is maybe four times the size of the room that we're sitting in right now. It's not very big. It's about the size of some small churches in the American South that I used to preach in and still preach in. And uh, so you can walk around in the sanctuary at the Church of St. Mary. You can walk the whole thing in a couple of seconds, and that's where the council took place. 
That's yeah. it. That's where it was. That's pretty cool. And what did they do there? They rejected Nestorianism mm-hmm. and re-rejected, mm-hmm. <laughs> affirmed their rejection of Pelagianism. Right. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. And in the back, tell me what you make out of this. All right, we've had all these debates throughout church history mm-hmm. about the mode of baptism. Mm-hmm. At the back of the church, they have a room where I filmed a scene, mm-hmm. and in the ground, mm-hmm. dug out about four feet deep with is stairs going church. down and coming back up out is a Baptist Just church. like the Baptist churches do, right? Almost exactly, except <laughs> they don't have the little barrier where you don't have to get wet and you can still baptize. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. Yeah. It, from, I mean... Unless they, I mean, they may have added on to the church, and that so was what you're saying is so deep that the mode of immersion has got to be well. Yeah, I mean, did they did they have a little thing where they marked how high you <laughs> fill the water? I'd like to go back and yeah, see no, if there's a watermark line uh, yeah, no, there. There's not, going but to be. so you've got a four foot deep, yeah, uh, region here with stairs on each side. That is just exactly, by the way, the right height. For, you, for the initiate <laughs> to get on their knees and bend forward or be laid back. But, but let's just go with the bend your knees, go forward, mm-hmm. following, I think, the Didicade says that. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Why dig this big thing if you're going to pour? Maybe just to imitate freshwater lakes or something else, you know? I don't Aesthetics. know. Aesthetics. It's a piece of data that needs to be included in it. It is, but I mean, somebody could push back and say, well, yeah, I mean, it's just replicating the aesthetics of being out. Oh, in, but and also, by the way, it's not just there. There's more of these things. It's like it was It was a common thing at some point. Sure. In well, probably and also, 400. Judaism preceded that with. Do what? Like but Jews, Jews did baptism. Right. Yeah. So, you know. yeah. But that's all important, too. You know? Yeah. It's just like. If you're considering what Paul's view of human freedom was, <laughs> if you're considering Paul's <laughs> view of human freedom, then you, you, it's interesting to know what the Pharisees believed about human freedom, right? It does, it's not a slam dunk, right. but it's interesting to know. Well, what did the Jews do? What did the people... This is important to... Anyway. I agree with you. That's why... That's why... You're just you trying know, to be sober-minded and not paleo like, Baptist. there's a baptistry, so we win, right? Is that what you're trying to get away from? Well, I mean, normally I'd be like, there's a baptistry we win. But, yeah. but, so I mean, what's happening today? Why is it different today? Well, I don't know. I, I have this whole, uh, yeah, but I'm paleo-baptist, right? Mm-hmm. Because Kendra made me a shirt. You you are as of today. Yeah. We're Baptists. Yeah. And you pretty much agree with the consensus of the early church, more so than you can agree with, like, the pre-remonstrant consists of the Reformation. Yeah. You're more in agreement with them than you were before the Radical Reformation. I mean, you're... you're. I think so. We'll just take it... We'd yeah. have to take it view by view. All right. So the church... Yeah, we got to move Smyrna. this along. We're yeah. going to move more quickly. We've only covered one. Wait, but it's the thing, because Ephesus is the most complete uh, ruins and has, pro- you know, a lot to yeah. say about it. Well, I'm going to be talking about Ephesus a little bit later today anyway. Per, on for this? Work, no, for work stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you want me to send you what Second Yang wrote on Ephesus? No, I want to. Okay. I want to be surprised. Okay. Uh, to the Church of Smyrna, he Jesus says, and to the angel of the Church of Smyrna, write the first and the last who was uh, dead and has come to life. Says this: I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear. 
what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested, and you will have tribulation for ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. I should say also, I did use a little bit of a Bible Brodown article. Uh, just one paragraph uh, worth of the Smyrna. So you didn't text. do all of this by yourself? I guess not. Um, I, I will say this, though. When I was recording the narration, the director said about... Because this was supposed to be a secular, but, uh, you know, history of these places. But then we're going to do a Christian version later. But this is a secular history. And when I read the Bible, wrote down paragraph, just that paragraph, he's like, don't you think, like, that's a little too Christian-y. So with Smyrna, a couple of things. First of all, interestingly, uh, in terms of the text, notice that with the church of Smyrna, Jesus tells them that though they think they're poor, they're actually rich. Mm-hmm. This is precisely the inverse of what he tells Laodicea. You yes. think you're rich, but you're actually poor. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's interesting. You know, there's not... You know, the, the church at Smyrna, he says, they've been persecuted. They're going to be persecuted mm-hmm. more, and you're going to be persecuted for 10 days. Now, that's interesting. Yeah. Ten days. Now, obviously, the book of Revelation has a lot of imagery, but in these letters, you don't get as much of that kind of thing. Uh, ten days was a first... Uh, most of the scholars seem to think ten days is a first century euphemism for a little while. Mm-hmm. It's not literally ten days, but a while. Mm-hmm. But what I think is interesting about this is the, is the uh, historical account of what happened to Polycarp, which I think, you know, it could be embellished or it could be all miraculously true. Mm-hmm. But Polycarp uh, apparently had a vision uh, or a dream that his pillow was burning on fire, and he interpreted this to mean that he was going to be burned to the stake. And sure enough, mm-hmm. a few days later, some guards show up, and they want to burn him at the stake. <laughs> so they've been, they've been, they're supposed to come take him to be burned at the stake. And he says, oh, by the way, I'm talking about Polycarp because he was the bishop of mm-hmm. Smyrna. And so uh, he, and a direct disciple of John. Mm-hmm. So, he's, so he says to the guys that come to arrest him, I'll tell you what, uh, let me make you guys some food, and I'm going to go pray. Mm-hmm. He says, okay. And after he does this kindness for them, they're like, why, why are we going to kill this guy? <laughs> so they take him to the executioner, and the executioner's like, why, why do we need to kill this guy? And so the, the custom was to nail Polycarp to the stake, but he says, you know, there's no need. I'll stand right here and burn to death. And he says something like, I've faithfully served Jesus all these years. Why would I turn my back on him now? Right. And so they burn him. And here's as the story goes, that the flames, a wind kicked up and the flames wouldn't touch him. But they formed like almost a cocoon of fire around him without harming him at all. And the Jews, even though it was the Sabbath, were like, it, we're going to work. And they <laughs> went and got a bunch of sticks to throw more onto the pyre. Yeah. And he still wouldn't burn, and so finally they run him through the sword. Hmm. Now, what do you do with a story like that? That's a good question. Uh, it's not scripture, it's church history, but what do you do with a story like that? Is that Christian embellishment, or is that what happened, you think? Probably some mixture of the A mixture of both. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I, I, <laughs> I mean, because you can almost kind of see. I, I, I burn a lot of wood in my backyard, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I love my fire pit. And so I've seen fire do weird things. Just if you play with fire enough, you see weird things happen with the wind, you know? I mean, this is... In Evansville, there's nothing blocking wind anywhere around here. Just flat corn. Yeah, so so I've seen fire do all kinds of crazy stuff. So you could almost see it just as a a occurrence, you know? Something kind of like that would happen. Could be. I mean, it could be a little bit of embellishment, but it could also be, yeah, I mean... 
things like that. Now you were in a, one city where the, just, the wind just did all kinds of crazy. Yeah, well, stuff. that's yeah. the next city. But but yeah. with but with you're you're right. And and here's the thing, I have no reason to doubt this because do we believe miraculous stuff happens or don't we? Yeah, yeah, we do. So you've got a guy who's a disciple of John, who's the bishop of Smyrna. He's being completely faithful. And this happens so that everyone standing around is like, shoot, this something special about this guy. In fact, I think there was some conversions that took place in the about because of this. You know, yeah. that's fine. It's a, it could it, if I'm if I find out it's an embellishment, is that destroy my faith? No, but I have no reason to doubt it. To be skeptical. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it is, um, is that if it like even if it was like you just said, wind does weird stuff. You know, some people say the timing of it is the timing of right. it is providential, right? right? So uh, that's important to mention. So anyway, I just want to say that about Smyrna. When you talk about what's going to happen, it did happen. This was a, a correct prophecy, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know they they were there's not when you go to Smyrna today, as you'll see in the documentary if you watch it, which you should. It's in downtown Izmir. Izmir is the intellectual capital of Turkey, and it's in a downtown area, and it's not very big. Uh, Maybe a couple of city blocks big is how big it is. And uh, there's not much there. You can go down underground. There's some tunnel systems there. It's interesting mm-hmm. and all, but there's some Greek stuff written on some stuff. I mean, it's, there's Greek you know, stuff from yeah, the there's ancient Greek stuff. world. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <There's>, Amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, but there's not a whole lot there. But it is cool. I mean, these are mostly, I mean, by, you know, uh, Roman twinged Hellenistic Greek cities. Yeah. Uh, and very, a lot of them very cosmopolitan at, for the time. Yeah, I mean, Smyrna was actually in a different location originally, but in yeah. the first century, it was at the site we were at. Um, I think it was Alexander the Great that uh, had a dream that, or something that it should be moved, and I think his, uh, uh, Lysimachus, his, uh, one of his lieutenants, ended up moving it, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong about that detail, but I think that's right. Yeah. And um, so it was moved there, and it took advantage of its coastal situation, and uh, and and was it became an export city, mm-hmm. and so it became a, a prosperous, wealthy city. And there was the crown of Smyrna. Well, Jesus says, "You want a crown of life? I can give you that." Yeah. So interesting. All right, move on from Smyrna um, to the Pergamum. You wrote Pergamum for me. Now, it, it, this is insider knowledge, but when you watch the documentary, you'll see you'll see Pergamum, which is atop a mountain. Yeah. I know this because you wrote this. I mean, I know it because I was there, but I know this detail because you wrote it. Um, it's on a hill in a valley, uh, 16 miles from the Aegean coast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I almost remember the name of the valley, but I don't. Uh, a lot of them were the Lycus Valley. I don't think this was the Lycus yeah. Valley. But anyway, so, but it's, it's on the top of this hill. And the That's wind, where you build it it's for the Acropolis. I mean, you have, have yeah, to yeah, got to be on the top yeah, of the yeah. hill. And particularly this place, because they had like a, a, a temple for everybody, an altar for everybody. Yes. And it was like a one-stop shop. If you wanted to go, so you had the, the altar of Zeus, which we still have today. It's in Berlin yeah. at a museum there. And um, uh, maybe uh, uh, Alex, our German listener, yeah. he's still living in Germany. He could go see the altar. Yeah. Actually, he can't. They've just shut it down. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Alex. Yeah, never, never mind. You should have already done <laughs> this. You haven't you done know? it. It's too late. Uh, never mind that, Alex. But <laughs> they had that there, and it could be seen for miles and miles away because it's massive. Then you also had Athena, who is the patron goddess of the city right. for wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Dionysius uh, for pleasure, and you had the theater there, and steepest theater in the world, 70-degree angle. Yeah. Um, you Did you write that? 
Well, yeah, yeah, discovered that in the research. No. Oh, by the way, I want to thank all of our uh, friends uh, who who recommended that we become Logos users. Logos that was users. really helpful with this. Yeah. So, so and I we like, noticed where it was helpful for you writing, right? Well, here's the thing: when you told me you need to write this, yeah. Okay, so I. What I normally do is what all the research books say. You start with your encyclopedias and dictionaries. And here I am getting up. It's like, oh, God, i got to do this first. Here I'm getting up to that bookshelf. And it's like, wait, i got this Logos software. Yeah. Let me just type it in and yeah. see if it comes straight yeah. up as I was flipping through a bunch of pages. Yeah. And sure enough, it gets you all that. So yeah. it's not a commercial for Logos software, but, I mean, like, I, same, I don't mind buzz marketing time. for logo software. They they gave us huge breaks because of our because we're academic yeah. people. But I mean, it's like my first instinct was to go grab the hard stuff and yeah. the hard copy. But then stuff you realized and, I have this, th- way. and it pulls it all up very neatly for you. So it's like, yeah, we were late to the party by a decade, probably. But hey, you know, fashionably late. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that we, it was a good time for me to become a, a user of Logos. It helped us out, and so. But yeah. back to Pergamum. So, if you wanted to go get, if you had, if you wanted a problem and you needed to speak with a god about this, yeah, you could do no better than to go to Pergamum if you lived in uh, Asia Minor, right? Because you had the altar of Zeus. I mean, who Asclepius. else are you going to go to? So, huh? Asclepius. Yeah, Asclepius for medical right. things, healings. If you, yeah. if you were sick, all you needed to do was lay down on this floor and snakes would crawl over well, you and you you'd be healed. Had to bring the, you had to bring your little casting, your clay casting of the body part you wanted healed. Like oh, did, yeah. Like they did oh, yeah. Before, yeah. Was that uh, here? Was well, that, well, you had a cl- Asclepius but, here. This yeah, was his Asclepius place. was there, but it was, also, was, it, it was also in Corinth. And yeah. They found more of those castings in, in, in Corinth, but, yeah, so, but probably some there, too. Yeah. You uh, couldn't do both. It's just like Disneyland and Disney World. You couldn't do all the attractions at both parks, or else nobody goes to the other one, right? <laughs> so here you get the snakes So you didn't see the body part, yeah. No. But uh, but you had that. So if you needed medical healing, yeah. Asclepius. If you needed you know general things, Zeus. If you needed wisdom for some decision, well, you go to Athena, and yeah. and if and then after you've done all that, you're worn out. So enjoy the best entertainment that um, uh, Pergamum has to offer. So go to the seventy degree angle theater, and then go to that's Dionysius. like the staircase in the old Newburgh house. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm gonna die. <laughs> that was our old administrative building, right. Trinity. Yeah. Oh, it was but but then you could go to Dionysius's temple, yeah. and you whatever base desire. Yeah. you had could be, as I say in the documentary, could be, let's just say, attended to. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, but fortunately, eventually, and then you had Imperial Worship Cult took hold there, and uh, yeah. uh, Trajan had a temple there and all that. Well. And you said, and it's in the documentary, you said, I had an argument with the director about this. Well, not an argument, but he had mentioned that... Uh, Z- the temple, the altar of Zeus was probably the uh, seat of Satan mentioned yeah. with Pergamum. Yeah, you said, I don't think so. Yeah. You said, I think it's this Trajan worship, this yeah. imperial worship cult. Yeah. And uh, so that was interesting. But here's the insider. I mean, a lot of older scholars would have said that, you know, 150 years ago and stuff, and, and probably still some today. But most scholars think. I, here's why I'm divided. Uh, and I wonder if these guys have taken a look at the altar. Because the altar to Zeus was massive, could see it from like 20 miles away or something. Uh, Massive thing, and it looks like a big chair. (laughs) So so that's interesting. But then on the other hand, you've got the imperial worship cult was a huge problem. 
yeah. know, so who knows? Yeah. Oh. Um, but you know. Cool. Yes. You know. And what you <laughs> claim to knowledge of is in the documentary. So yes. there you go. Uh, so that, cool play, but here's the insider knowledge. If you go to the, if you watch the documentary, you'll see us talking. Yeah. Presumably at Pergamum. We're not at Pergamum. We're talking about Pergamum because it was so windy on top of that hill. I have never in my life experienced wind like this. And so we couldn't film up there. Not even Chicago? No, not, Chicago's got nothing on Pergamum. Really? Yeah. I mean, I literally all had trouble standing up. Right. And, and you don't fall down at U2 concerts in Chicago. Right, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> at right. least not from <laughs> that's right. the wind. And I was probably at a 70-degree angle in the stadium. So. <laughs> right. uh, but, but no, I, really bad wind. And so they got footage of the stuff in Pergamum, but not us in Pergamum, because the mics would be picking up all the wind. So. But the wind That was interesting. So there's Pergamum. We didn't read the text on Pergamum. We got to truck through. Um, Thyatira. Is it Thyatira next? Yeah, Thyatira. Thyatira. The angel of the church in Thyatira. Interesting. Smallest city, longest letter. Yeah, I said that. I didn't check you either on that. I just assumed you were right. The Greek word count, yeah. (laughs) Uh, The son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like burnished bronze says this, I know your deeds and your I love, love to be and faith checked. and service and perseverance. I love to be vindicated your deeds from other people's time. Are greater than ever. People first. spend their time proving me right. It's great. Oh, I'm okay. sorry, you're reading the Bible. I should No, go up. you know, go ahead. Tell us about Thyatira. No, I, it was I was interesting. No, because you got to read the passage to talk about it. So okay. read it again. Right. I was talking over you. Okay, um, but I have this against you. Okay, well, now what he likes about them no, is their deeds were the better. Beginning. Their deeds were no, better. No, start at the beginning. To the angel of the church of Thyatira write, mm-hmm. the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire. And now, why like is this important? Says, now, why is that important? Well, I know why. Yeah, well, I know why. Because I read too. what you wrote about Right, it. because, <laughs> well, there's a, there's a conflation of a Greek leading guy that just, most people know Apollo, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but there's a description. Uh, Are you going to talk about Tyremnus? Tyrannus Apollo's, <laughs> yeah. So, so, but there's a description of him, you know, uh, with 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 how his feet are bronze and, and rays of light and stuff. And what uh, John writes here is a description. Of, no, Jesus. Yeah, and eyes because blazing like fire, you know. And, and he was referred bronze. to as yeah. a son of a Zeus, son of, or son of God. Son of God, yeah. And Jesus is the son of God. Right. Right. And so. I just think that that was awesome. It is really cool. Yeah. Did you know that prior to researching this? No, because um, I, I... Well, you can't know everything, but that's a right. cool... You learned from this process. I, I learned I learned that yeah. little bit about the, the background detail of that's that. That's awesome. Yeah. And you'll never read that passage the same again. No. I know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance and that your deeds of late are greater than at the first. Okay, so there's progress, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I have this against you. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bond servants astray, so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Yeah. Behold, so, I will throw her on a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they mm-hmm. repent of her deeds, and I will kill her children with pestilence, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each of you according to your deeds. Yeah. <laughs> and 
uh, you know, Jesus killing children. <laughs> they, they, well, uh, well, children of her adultery is people that share her. Follow birth. after yeah. her. Yeah. Right. But intre- do you, say, you want to say something about this? Well, I Was mean. Was that woman's name really Jezebel, you think? No. It's a casting back to the Old Testament. Yes. But I do believe that there was a woman who fancied herself a prophet or prophetess. Uh, interesting, there was a nearby oracle outside of town where a prophetess did her thing. But, but again, that's one of those things. Was she that? No, it seems like she's part of the community of believers mm-hmm. that was taking on herself kind of in, in the same she's way. Echo, yes. Yeah, yeah. So while it's interesting that... The, the, there was a nearby oracle. I doubt that, that she was the facilitator of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems more likely that she came up from within the church uh, and trying to lead them astray in the same way that you would find um, with Jezebel marrying the king and leading them off into idolatrous worship. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and there probably was some sexual immorality, actual sexual immorality. There's always sexual things. immorality with yeah. pagan worship. Yeah. I mean, that's like... Well, that's one of the things that, yeah. that I said last year yeah. sometime, and you were like, you know, that's a really good point. Yeah. When you have a weird cult or a false religion, oftentimes sex, sex is yes. right in the middle right. of one of the motivators. Yeah. Not every case, but most of them. Most of them. Um, but so I have an interesting... By the way... And, I, and who is the famous Thyatira lady? Who's the fan? Lydia? Yes. Because of the purple? Yes. Yeah. And what did God do when Paul was talking? Opened her heart. heart. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bible (laughs) stuff. That's right. Bible stuff. No, it's cool because you you can actually, because the, the history is that they made dyes there and they made a purple dye. Yeah, a cheap purple dye. Yeah, but it wasn't like they used a mollusk or something to get the dye typically for purple. Well, and, yeah, because that would give you the royal type purple yeah. that they did in some other cities. But but they had one that was what we t- today call turkey red. Yeah. <laughs> now, when yeah. you say turkey red, is that the red that's on their flag? Turkey red? That's what they that's what they Because that's red that's red. What, yeah, no, that's not... Okay, there's a dye that's purple that's called turkey red. Yeah. Okay. Well, it comes out. You can get it to come out yeah. purple. Yeah. So... Uh, and it's it was cheaper. If you go to... But see, she... <clears throat> the reason why people think that, that she wasn't in Thyatira and had gone on to Philippi was because Thyatira was a very industrious kind of place, you know? And a lot of the... Well, even today, it's settled in the middle yeah. Of downtown, so, so there's a lot of, of a big city. There, in, in the ancient world, there's a lot, of, a lot of trade guilds, and these these trade guilds would uh, meet. Mm-hmm. They would assemble. You could say mm-hmm. they were an assembly, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's not just like artisans who share a similar trade get together and have a banquet to celebrate themselves. Mm-hmm. There's also pagan. Uh, you know, the, the gods were in, mixed in everything. Religious so, worship was a part of the trade guilds. Right. It was a and part, you weren't going to be a, part a functioning of part of it unless you were. Right. And since she was a... Is that what happens right. today with certain civic societies? Interesting yeah. question. <laughs> and so, so yeah. And so, so she probably, w- it was easier to apply her trade away from there so that she, as a uh, worshiper of the true God wouldn't have to get mixed in with yeah. all of that false worship. So that's interesting that she would... It's very interesting. Yeah. And this Tyremnus that we mentioned about, he was on the coins, mm-hmm. um, which tells us that, number one, he 
may he I mean he was obviously a patron god of the city. He may have been the big deal there, right. and he probably because he's on the coinage had to do with the guilds. Well, they got yeah. Well, and because it was you know it was like the industrial part. They they were granted permission to print their own coins too, which is why a lot of the coinage is found there. There's other places, you know. But let me tell you something. For you pastors that preach on this, on this would be, by the way, a good show for people that are going to mm-hmm. preach through this stuff to listen to, because it gives you the or to watch context. your documentary when that comes. Yeah, out. yeah. But but we're going. We're talking in a little more detail about some of this stuff. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> almost any town in southern Turkey, there are a few things. So if a ch- if a church member says, "What about this place? Tell me about this place," you can say the following and almost always be right. You can say something like, well, there was probably an original Hittite settlement there in that city. Um, and then after the Trojan War, Greeks settled there. Mm-hmm. And then after the Greeks, Alexander, well, you know, in the midst of that, uh, oh no, the Persians the came. Would, yeah. The Persians came. And then after the Persians, Alexander the Great came. And now we have this Hellenistic Greek stuff back again. And then after Alexander the Great, uh, the kingdom of Pergamon came. Then the Seleucids. Yeah. Then in 133 BC, Big year for the Romans. Yeah. The Romans came. Right. You can say that is it's true about well, but almost I mean, every but city. Yeah, but I mean, the kingdom of Pergamon was already allied with Rome. It wasn't sure. much for them to be. Yeah. So yeah. So by the end, but, but yeah. the other thing is coinage. Yeah. Almost every one of these cities, one of the things that you can say is they were allowed to print their own coins. Yeah. And had <laughs> yeah. pagan gods but, all over those know, The those first coins. time we heard that Emperor was... Emperor worship all over those coins. <laughs> first time we heard that was in Ospendos. Yeah. And we were like, oh, that's interesting. They were one of the first cities to have coinage. That's amazing. Look at that. By the end of the trip, we were like, yeah, so what? That's everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not impressive and anymore. Ospendos has yeah. like the great theater, but not yeah. mentioned in the Bible. Yeah. 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 There was a couple of sites so, that are in I mean, the dock yeah, that we're not talking right. about here. Ospendos got thrown in and Purgate because of the... Purgate uh, is mentioned in the Bible. Right. In um, not in Revelation. So you, yeah. those two, but Aspendos really not mentioned in the Bible, but got included. Paul would have certainly known about Aspendos. It was a city of note. Yeah. And he, it's in a region he passed. I mean, he sailed into Antalya, yeah. what is now Antalya. Yeah. And then you can't go there and not know about Aspendos. Well, so. yeah. And because of the, the way that the theater has been preserved through the centuries, he I mean, it's known just about that theater. It's amazing. Yeah, it's not. Would have been big. nice to see it myself in well, person, but just looking now. Even that's at the a pictures. good thing. That's an interesting thing because the the, yeah. the theater in Ospendos is not bigger than the temple or the theater in Ephesus. No, but and it's, it's not as ornate as the theater in Perge. Yeah. But what's interesting about that theater is it's so well preserved. Yeah. So back then they would have been like, oh, it's a great theater, really impressive theater. But they wouldn't have been as impressed with it then as we are now because, of because what we're impressed with is that it's preserved, yeah. you know, and they still do stuff there. But this is not about a Spindos. Yeah, did you listen to an orchestra while you were there? I didn't get to do it, but the day that we filmed in Spindos, that night they had an opera there with, yeah, full orchestra and everything. And, and the governor for that province even came to it. And our film crew filmed it. So it's going to be in the documentary, but I wasn't actually there that night because our hotel was like an hour and a half away, and uh, we went, we were not invited to come back. <laughs> so you do gotcha. what the director tells you. Right. But anyway, Thyatira. The thing, interesting thing about Thyatira, I'm not going to say I don't say this in the documentary because it was Thyatira. 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 We both said both all through this. So. It's Thyatira, but I'll tell you what the English pronunciation. We're getting like Leighton Flowers here with our words. What's wrong with us? Well, but this. Okay. Okay, we haven't recorded in a while, so... This is Thyatira. Our Leightonisms are coming out. Yeah, but here's the thing. We're normally more... How do you say the one that starts with an L? 
Laodicea? Okay, you said Laodicea. Yeah. All right. Um, I would have looked at the Greek and said Laodicea, yeah. Laodicea. Mm-hmm. But they were like, what are you guys saying? <laughs> and the people that live there, you know, yeah. like, what are you saying? Uh, Laodicea or Laodicea or whatever, how do you want it? And they're like, yeah, it, the way we say it is Laodicea, Laodicea. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm just saying it's, who cares, right? Right. I'm saying it the way that John MacArthur and everybody else says it. How about that? Um, anyway, so, so it sounds like a great trip. Thia, well, wait a minute. Thyatira, yeah. I won't say this in the documentary, but most unimpressive ruins of the whole bunch. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. We were And there. he's banned from Turkey. <laughs> well, no, I mean, if I'm going to be banned from Turkey, it would have been preaching in an underground church and seeing seven people say. Uh, amen. But, um, but, you know, seriously... Really unimpressive ruins. I mean, maybe if it would have been the first thing I saw, I'd be like, oh, look, these stones are thousands of years old or blah, blah, blah. But but it was the last we thing. We can go pick up a rock anywhere. And yeah, well, I know, but you know what I mean. But this is but this is at the end of the trip, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, big deal. Can I right. go to that Starbucks over there? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was, but, and there's nothing really, there's no, like, big feature or anything. They were having trouble figuring out what to shoot yeah. at Thyatira. Oh, I forgot, because we missed a couple of weeks. We told people we just ramble on long anyway. So well, good. Matter. Okay, so let's just be done with Thyatira. Okay. Um, so, uh, Sardis, I'm not going to, well, <laughs> to the angel of the church of Sardis write, he who has the seven spirits of God and seven stars, say this, I know your deeds and that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which were about to die. For I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So remember that you have received uh, what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. Now listen to me, internet. I will come like a thief if you don't wake up, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you, but you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will wake. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. All right, so now... Sardis was the one that Matthew Chisholm wrote most mm-hmm. of, and um, it was probably my second favorite site. Uh, really? Maybe. Because it had the uh, Roman gymnasium, mm-hmm. which was unbelievable. It also had the best remains. It has the remains of the Temple of Artemis. There was a Temple of Artemis in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. The one in Sardis is really complete, and uh, well, not complete, but really well held together. That's not even true. It's just impressive, okay? There's columns. There's like a bunch of columns still standing really high, and you can see the whole layout of it the way it is. But there's a church still there um, on the site. I think I said that earlier in the, in the episode. But uh, the gymnasium was cool, and we filmed the intro to the show there. So what's kind of funny, this is kind of being on a film crew, it's kind of like this. So Sardis was like the second to last place we went, but mm-hmm. it's where we filmed the intro. So we're saying like in that Roman gymnasium, we're about to set out on a journey <laughs> through southern Turkey. And in our heads, we're like, I'm so glad this journey is about done. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, but anyway, um, so Sardis had a reputation for being alive, but they were dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, strengthen what remains. Uh, if you don't watch, I'm going to come to you. Now, here's an interesting thing. Sardis was a two-tiered city. Mm-hmm. And the second tier was way up there on an Areopagus, yeah. way up, like a couple miles away and way up. And then the lower part of the city was way down below. 
So the lower class were literally lower class. Oh, I went crazy with the uh, with the um, puns <laughs> with this in the documentary. I was like, please forgive me for this. I know you're distracted by the timer. We'll get it right. Okay, but uh, no, I'm distracted by that you said Areopagus instead of Acropolis. Well, you're right about that. Because <laughs> we're, we're just lighting flowers the whole thing. Yeah, we are. You're right. This is so bad. It was an Acropolis, okay? <laughs> we're just, just uh, niffing it all day long. Well, it's not just me this time. It's no, you it's two. me. We're it's both me I know. We're just, just, it's been, it's, on Marco Polo with lighting flowers is infecting us, you know? Well, we are, but it's fine. We can't right be because Leighton Flowers has way time. more subscribers and he butchers words like crazy. And you know the so. only person to point it out? J.D. Hall and us. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, that's great company. But those thanks. represent his best yeah. friends. So, right. you know. <laughs> um, but so anyway, yeah. Sardis was a two-tiered Dude. city. That, that yeah. Up on the Acropolis, way up high, um, was where the upper crust lived. <laughs> the high society. Right. Um, and anyway, and they literally looked down their noses. At the people below. Kind of like the way I do everyone else. Yeah, you live on the Acropolis, <laughs> That's right. right? Over in uh, uh, East Evansville. Right. But, um, but so whenever, so think about the worldview difference that would naturally be in yeah. that situation because if you're living on the bottom shelf yeah. and a war is about to happen, you die first. You are terrified. Yeah. If you're on the upper shelf, you're like, we'll probably be okay. This <laughs> is going to be fine. Yeah. And which would have been the case. But, when Cyrus came to, um, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? <sighs> anyway, the guy that was at Sardis at the time, mm-hmm. um, he was up on that uh, Acropolis, and they they camped out down there, and he was kind of boasting about it, like, yeah, you guys aren't going to get up here and get us. We're fine. So Cyrus paid, as the story goes, or offered a reward to any one of his soldiers who would find a way to get up there. And so one night, one of his soldiers is leaned against a tree, maybe smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> or a hookah, or who knows. <laughs> and he's looking at this thing, and he notices up there, there's this one soldier up on the Acropolis that's a watchman who drops his helmet. And he watches that helmet bounce and fall all the way down the wall. And then a few minutes later, the most amazing thing, this soldier goes down a little hidden staircase, opens a little door, goes out and gets his helmet and goes back up. He's like, shoot, I'm going to tell the king about this. <laughs> so he goes and tells them. They lay siege and uh, they win against mm-hmm. Sardis. And the same thing happened uh, in a later battle where they were throwing their dead uh, and, and the, uh, the, the encamped army saw that... Um, these vultures were just hanging out in one particular area and none of the watchmen were over in that particular area. And why? Well, because that's where they're throwing their dead. And over there was a good place to lay siege because nobody was watching that area. So when Jesus says, if you, if you, if you, you know, wake up, because otherwise yeah. I will come to you like a thief and you will not know what hour I come. Obviously that echoes gospel language too. But what it's saying to Sardis, anyone in Sardis knows, knows their history. Story, like, yeah. we got a problem with our watchmen. Right. Nobody's paying attention. Right. And Jesus is playing on that. So like you said about the son of God language and the bronze yeah. and all yeah. that, same thing here. This is rich with historical background information yeah. that I think gets missed. Yes, and it's fascinating to read. It's why I always tell people it's, it's why I... 
spend most of my time looking at that stuff in my yeah. research because it's, it's wonderful. And you could just you could you could get our documentary for this stuff, but you could get uh, the historical background commentary on the Old and New Testament. That would help. Or you can read ancient Greek literature. Or even when you're just going to preach on a particular location, just study it really well because this stuff isn't hard to find. You just got to look. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, Philadelphia. Okay. It's the angel of the church of Philadelphia, right? He who is holy and who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this. I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door, which no one can shut, because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you because you have kept the word of my perseverance. I, uh, I also will keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he will not go out from it anymore and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven and from my God and my, own, and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, Philadelphia has the second least impressive ruins. <laughs> I'm just being honest, okay? It's no Thyatira, but it's it's No, still... it's better than Thyatira. It's just only second worst. Oh. <laughs> you know? It is the worst okay. when we're talking about impressive ruins. That's what I said. It's better than Thyatira, oh, yeah, okay. but, it's, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's still it's just, it's yeah. meh. It's better than Thyatira. But, but right. just meh. It's just... Well, it's... not exactly... It... What's the coolest thing you saw there? Okay, the remains of the Church of St. John. So you didn't literally see a synagogue of Satan? No, I'm just kidding. All you got to do is look around the outside of the wall, <laughs> and you see about 17 mosques. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, okay. do it that way, right. you will. But, uh, but there's the Church of St. John built in the 600s, and you can... This is on Logos. You guys have Logos. You go, go, go Or you just go Google a picture, Church of St. John, Philadelphia. Um, but the two legs... Like there was, there was this huge structure, dome structure with a mm -hmm. Roman arch here, and that all that remains are these two big columns with part of an arch, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool because it looks like an open door, right? So it's it fits, and that just happened because of time. But anyway, the whole yard is. Pro I bet some. I bet most of you have a yard at your house that's bigger than the yard, and I'm not even talking about people that have like a lot of a lot of land. The whole thing's less than an acre. So like my yard. Yeah, your yard's probably about the size. Maybe another third bigger is what it is. You know, yeah, about like your yard. Yeah. And and there's not much there, but what is there is pretty cool. Because mm -hmm. you do have that big structure. There's nothing like this at Thyatira, but there is that big structure, the St. John. And um, what's funny is, like, yeah, about the size of your yard, but there's a little area with like a covering and a table so that tour groups who really want to spend a lot of time can eat their lunch there and then go back to looking at Philadelphia. I'm like, I'm thinking, so like what? My, my patio. Once you look at it, <laughs> there it is. There's nothing else to read. There's nothing else to see. And so they had to really get creative with getting shots there too, but I'm actually happy with the footage that we got there. Um, but anyway, so that's Philadelphia. Um, and now Keith did that one. Keith did that one. He did a great job because I, I'm surprised he has Because if you're staring say. at my backyard worth of, ruins you're yeah. like what do you say about this it's pile of stuff yeah you know? well what you want to say is this here's the historical information that pastors might appreciate is that 
uh, at Pergamos, they wanted to build, the king wanted to build uh, kind of a juncture between two, where two roadways met that mm-hmm. came through the region. And uh, yeah. so he built Philadelphia there to serve as a doorway, basically, yeah. to connect these roadways. Well, yeah, and Thyatira was also on the... Yeah, it was too. Well, at the yeah. junction of the roads, yeah. which is why they will say that those churches can appear in order, you know, as if... Yeah, yeah. As a cyclical letter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what he's talking about, for those that don't know, is like, it's true with First Peter too. You bust it open, and what does it say? To the saints that are in Asia Minor, and then he lists off several cities. And yeah. if you look geographically at a map, you look today at the map, and look, they go in order yeah. in a circle, so that people could, so that the letter carrier could just open the letter. Okay, I know where to go, and so that was pretty cool. Um, but Philadelphia was connecting this roadway, and was meant to be. Now, here's the thing: they they had had an earthquake that devastated the city, and they built. Uh, this is end of first century, beginning of second century. They 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 had vineyards, so they they planted all these vineyards to help their economy to recover from this earthquake. And to this day, there's vineyards everywhere. Uh, but Domitian had them cut down half of their vineyards. Just mm. a jerk, just an yeah. awful person. Um, but you can go to the to the vineyard say, and in the documentary, I'm envious because Stephen, my co-host, had this really cool line where we went and found these vineyards, and he's walking along in between these this aisle of these vineyards, and he's talking about it, and it had multiple cameras. So there's him talking to the camera, and then when he gets done, he looks up to this drone, and this drone pulls away and twists so that you see all these vineyards. It's it's awesome. So he got a better. He cool got a shot. really. Co- yeah. I got some pretty cool shots. Myself, let me just yeah. say, really technical and difficult shots, but that one was one I was envious of. Yeah. So there's Philadelphia. It's a much easier way down than I came. Don't fall into where they burn the sacrifices. <laughs> You're filming me? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> don't fall, don't fall. Steven, Steven. You made it. You made it. Thank goodness. Wow. Anything else to say about Philadelphia? They were pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to get one of the letters, that's the one you that's want, one. Right? Maybe Smyrna. Yeah. You know, but... Um, so Laodicea. Laodicea. Yeah. Get it right. Uh, to the angel of the church in... This is how I said it in the narration. Laodicea. Right... The amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and I salve to anoint your eyes so that you, you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has nearly him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So that's the last church. Now, um, (coughs) that's what Laodicea does to people. Um, (laughs) Yeah. There's a really awesome church at Laodicea that they would not let us film in. But it really? was the most complete church. 
Here's the theory among pretty much everyone involved, all the Turkish people and all the Iranian people on the crew and these, these archaeologists and stuff, is what do you do, Jonathan, what do you think you would do if you live in a system where you have actual money, like gold coins, mm-hmm. there's no virtual banking system, and you're on top of a hill looking at a valley, and there's all these other cities out there, like three or four cities in your, in your line of sight, Hierapolis is over here, a couple down here, and, a, and you see that an army, like, say, Alexander the Great, or later on. They want your stuff. And they're coming and they're killing. You're seeing them ravage all these cities and you're thinking, can we beat that army? We can't beat that army. We got to run. We can't take our gold with us because if we take our gold with us, it's going to weigh us down. And if they catch us, they're going to get it all. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to do? Hide it. Hide it. And the most obvious place to hide it is to bury it. Mm -hmm. And you would bury it under a building. Mm Mm-hmm. The theory of why it is a 25-year prison sentence if you pick up a rock at Laodicea and leave with it. A 25-year prison sentence. And the reason why we were not allowed to film with a production crew inside the church there is because the belief is money there. it's under that church. Wow. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or under that church is ancient aliens. One of those two. <laughs> well, I don't know which one. Yeah. I know which one Matt Chisholm thinks. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, Laodicea had a, was a banking city. Mm-hmm. It was also a city where they would dye uh, wool black. Um, also, and so they had a, a fabric industry there. And they had a medical school that had innovated an ear salve and an eye salve, but the eye salve got all the attention. So when Jesus says to them, the inverse of what he said to the church of Smyrna, you think you're rich, but you're poor. Yeah, the people there were physically, materially wealthy, yeah. even the church people. But he was saying, yeah, but you're actually poor in the way that matters. Right. And uh, so he's playing off the fact that they're a wealthy banking city. Yeah. When he says that they're naked, he's playing off the fact that they had a fabric industry. Yeah. And when he says that they need like that they need an eye salve, he's basically saying, you think you've got this eye salve and you're so great. No, you need an eye salve, and it's the kind that I can give you. Right. Pretty cool. But of course, the thing that gets all the play with Laodicea is the lukewarm water. Mm-hmm. And uh, they stood between two locations, one location that had natural hot springs and one location that had cold water from the mountains. Mm-hmm. Both of which are useful. Very useful. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also, by the time that the, the pipe system is still there, you can look at it. Yeah. And what you can notice is there's silt built up in there and weird uh, minerals things and stuff. and stuff that were there then. So not only is it lukewarm, but by the time it gets to Laodicea, it has picked up this mineral. It just tastes horrible. Mm-hmm. Now, what's cool is if you go across the valley to Hierapolis, where the hot springs and stuff are, and Pamukkale, and, and it's beautiful, you can drink that water, and it tastes like carbonated water. I'm serious. Exactly carbonated water. I wouldn't know. I wasn't invited. Well, that's why I'm here. You're fortunate that God has blessed you with someone to tell you about it. <laughs> to rub it in your face for, you know. No, we're doing a show. We're, we're informing people. No, I've... Uh, so... That's for the camera. I, I, I live with you, man. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not that... I don't... You, you don't feel like I rub things... I don't rub things in your face. So, anyway, uh, also, I didn't plan to talk about this, because we're not talking about Hierapolis, but that's a biblical city, too. And we did go there. We didn't film there. But at Hierapolis, because of that phenomenon, mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a tunnel there that they call the gateway to Hades. And 
for a long time. And the reason they call it this is because you go in there, you die. And actually, that's true. You go in there, you will die. Really? Because that the, the lime deposits or whatever it is that's causing that gas, there's a gas that comes up. And you can drink the water and stuff, but the gas rises to the top of that cave at about chest level. So if you walk in there, you die. So the gate to Hades, you know? <laughs> yeah. But these two guys claimed to be divine, and the way they got away with it was, they, or the way they tricked everyone was, they said, they said, we were able to go to Hades and return to tell you about it. What they had figured out was just go in there and crawl, and then come back out standing up. And then yeah. you convince the masses that you're divine. Mm. Interesting, huh? Yeah. So uh, Laodicea, lukewarm water, which was a fitting image for their spiritual state. Uh, not, it's not necessarily that it's just gross, yeah. That's what everybody says. It's what you pointed out. It's not they're not useful, right? Right. So anyway, so there you have it. The seven churches. All right. There's a lot more I could say about the trip, but we wanted to make this helpful too. Yeah. So share this with a pastor friend who's going to teach through Revelation. Otherwise, he's going to do what most pastors do, which is just say about every one of the cities. This was a crossroad city. This was a crossroad city. <laughs> this was a crossroad city. <laughs> and now I can say more. Yeah. All right. I've enjoyed this time together. Check out the other Trinity Commission uh, podcasts like Leighton Flowers, Soteriology 101, The Bible Rodown with Billy Wendelin and Matt Chisholm. Check out and... the Paleo Baptist <clears throat> blog. Yes. With Austin Long, and, yes. and we should thank Kendra for that. And then uh, become a patron. Become a patron. Click. Well, I didn't mention Steve Gregg, the near pal. And then, yeah, you can click up here if you're watching the video. If you're not watching the video, you can go to Trinity Radio. No, you can go to patreon.com slash Trinity Radio and, and help us out. We're still not to the goal that we have set, right. though we thank our patrons. Thank you so much. We've got yeah. some, we've got some, oh, we have some free content to go to the patrons that we yeah. didn't even post yet. So, right. Yes. Till next time on Trinity Radio. Any last words, John? Yes. Uh, if you're thinking about taking any classes or coming to any seminary to get seminary training, come to Trinity College of Bible Theological Seminary, the best seminary on planet Earth. That's right. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. It has been told that there were herds of elephants that lived on the plain just below the mountainside on which we're now sitting in the restaurant. And this prompted them because obviously elephants are an unusual animal to find this one. This prompted them to pray to them as deities. And here we have evidence on this column, which has been set up by the Roman Emperor. If you would like more content, click here and keep watching Bible studies. Click up here. And finally, we want you to subscribe. We need more subscribers, so click here.